how many times have you been on social media or browsing the web and you come across an article about coffee? And it says that coffee is the absolute best thing that you can drink. It's great for your energy production. It's going to increase your lifespan and ultimately just make you a healthier person. Only to come across another article like a month later that completely contradicts everything that was just said in that first article you read. All of a sudden now coffee is bad for your nervous system and it's going to be taxing on your adrenal glands and all these different things. There is so much conflicting health advice out there and it's not just with coffee, it's with literally everything from meat to vegetables to fats and everything in between. So this really raises the question, why is it that there is so much conflicting health advice out there? Well, in this podcast, we are going to dive deep into why there's such conflicting advice uh, when it comes to health, as well as what are truly the best eating habits to live a long and happy life, and why is it that people criticize you and belittle you for making healthy life choices. All of these and more is going to be covered in today's episode. This is your host, Evan Roberts, but more importantly... I'm just someone who really, truly cares about your health and my health, especially as someone who has dealt with gut issues growing up as a kid. So it's my goal with this podcast to break down health topics from a holistic and simplified approach so that everyone can understand these different health topics and even more importantly, walk away from these episodes with knowledge that you can actually apply to your life. So in today's episode, you already know we're going to be diving deep into all the conflicting advice when it comes to health and why there's even conflicting advice in the first place. But I wanted to kick this episode off with one of my favorite quotes when it comes to uh, health quotes. And yes, there's a huge category of health quotes out there. Um, Seems like a very niche thing, but there are ample amounts of them. And this one is coming to us from Krishnamurti. It says, it is no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Personally, I think this quote just rings very true for this day and age and kind of what we're seeing going on specifically here in America, but as well in many other countries where a majority of the population is actually not healthy, right? We're sick. We're dealing with some kind of an illness. We're not eating the foods we should be. We're not living our lives in the way that our bodies expect and demand us to live in. And ultimately, we are living in a profoundly sick society. So uh, for that reason, I felt it would be perfect to add this quote in here and to really dive in on this topic. But I wanted to first start off with explaining how profoundly sick this current society is. Uh, So Just to start this off for, and I'm mainly just basing this off of Americans, but this does relate to definitely other countries as well. Um, But here specifically in America, about 60% of the diet is uh, made up of processed foods. The average person is only physically active for two hours per week. About 133 million Americans, so that's almost half of the population, have at least one chronic illness. This could be anything from heart disease to hypertension, arthritis, and anything beyond that. A little more than 41% of Americans are considered obese, and today's kids are believed to be the first generation to not outlive their parents. So yes, by at least my standards, and I think many other people's standards, we are in a profoundly sick society. What's going on, everybody? Over the last couple of years, one of my goals has been to actually decrease the amount of supplements that I was taking. 
at the time I was taking a ton of different supplements in my cabinet and I just really didn't know if there were a ton of benefit to me or not. So I went ahead and reevaluated everything in my cabinet and I came into 2024 with a very simplified cabinet of health supplements that I take on the daily. And one of those things that is sure to be in my daily mix is the spirulina and chlorella from Energy Bits. It is literally one of my favorite supplements to take. It's a microalgae, which is basically just a food that's been grown and then dried and placed into these little tiny bits or energy bits, you can call them. And so they're essentially just a food that is loaded with over 40 plus vitamins and minerals. You have spirulina, which is going to have all nine essential amino acids, and you have chlorella, which is going to be extremely potent in chlorophyll, which if you're unfamiliar with chlorophyll, it is able to detoxify your blood from heavy metals and mycotoxins and so much more. Spirulina and chlorella are something that I think should be in everyone's diet. And this is my favorite way of making sure that I'm getting in some form of seafood. And if you want to get your hands on some of these energy bits, then please go ahead and check out the link in the description of this show. It's going to have a 20% discount code as well for your entire order, which is just my way of saying thank you for being a listener to this show. And I hope you love it as much as I do. And here's to decluttering that super packed supplement cabinet of yours and making it a little bit more simplified. All right, y'all back to the show. So when it comes to living in a profoundly sick society, it means that there is a really low baseline for the average person in terms of their health. And anything outside of that is typically criticized. It's viewed as against the grain, like you're too good for people, all these different crazy out there ideas, which absolutely are not true. But nonetheless, if you look at the average person, if we just based it off of the facts that I had listed off, that means that if you are not eating a diet that's 60% processed foods or, you know, working out more than two hours a day or sorry, two hours a week. These are going to be things that are against the grain. So if you decide to make a change in your health for the better, basically meaning you just move away from the standard American diet, which I always love it because it's abbreviated as SAD. And I think that's a very accurate depiction of what this current diet is. It's a very sad diet. Um, but nonetheless, if you start making those changes and let's say your family and friends are very likely maybe consuming a SAD uh, standard American diet, then once you start making these healthy decisions for yourself, it's likely going to be met with a little bit of headbutting, people not really agreeing with it, or just kind of comments. Um, I've definitely noticed it when ordering uh, healthier food while everyone else is ordering food that is, you know, fried, processed, all these different things. And there's absolutely no shame on it. I think everyone has the, you know, the absolute power to make the whatever decision they want for themselves. But it's pretty wild that people find it weird that you're being healthy, right? As opposed to weird that you're not eating healthy. Like, when did that switch happen where all of a sudden, if you order a salad or any kind of a clean meal, like a nice uh, protein bowl or something along those lines, it's a weird thing, right? Like, people are like, oh, wow, are you on a diet? Like, what's going on here? Or even if you decide to walk to the store or ride a bike to the store instead of drive your car. Um, I've had many people ask me like, why do you do that? Like, that's so weird. Why not just take your car? It's so much more convenient. All these different things. 
But of course, if you do what the average person does, you will become the average. And we are definitely not trying to be the average in this profoundly sick society. So it's definitely a great idea to make any action that you possibly can to move away from the standard American diet. And personally, I don't really care which direction you move in terms of your diet. As long as it is away from the processed foods and pretty much the average food that everyone is eating, then it's very likely going to be a whole lot better for you than what you were eating. And I say this as someone who largely ate a very processed diet growing up. Of course, my mom made home-cooked meals every now and again. Um, she was a working mom, so you know this was not something that she was able to do all the time. But nonetheless, she did make some really good meals. But in between those times of her making meals, there was a lot of processed food. And of course, it tasted good and it was really easy to make and all these different things. Um, and I was unaware of the effects that it was having on my health and very specifically my gastrointestinal health. So I'm coming from a place of moving away from the standard American diet. OK, I didn't start out eating whole foods and just trying to be as healthy as possible. But in terms of diets and kind of what is the best diet? Um, I really actually don't think that there is a best diet. You know, um, when you try to find a one size fits all, it's kind of a one size kills all or, you know, loses all like it, it doesn't work. Uh, when you try to put everybody in a category, it just doesn't work because everyone's body and body type is going to be different. Um, you know, our genetics are different. And so what works for one person is not always going to work for the next person. So we have to keep that in mind and understand that you know, we shouldn't become super dogmatic and um, strict, so strict in our diets that we, you know, we, we think all the other ones are completely bad. Um, I think there's benefit in pretty much every single diet that moves away from the standard American diet, right? So a few different things, though, in terms of choosing which diet is right for you, because I do want to help direct you in some, you know, some direction so that you actually can start making decisions and, and uh, find the diet that fits you best. But first off, I would say out of all the diets, and there's many of them out there, if you hop on social media or any of those platforms, you can see that there are literally everything from vegan to vegetarian to plant-based to keto to um, paleo to carnivore to animal-based to counting calories. Like there are endless types of diets. And really, you just have to pick one that resonates with you. I think if you find a diet that resonates well with you is that's probably going to be the best one for you to go with. And that might not be the diet that you have for the rest of your life, but it's probably a really good place to start. And so when you start a new diet, there's a few things that you want to keep in mind. Um, the biggest thing I always tell people is to listen to your body because your body speaks to you constantly, even though, and I'm not talking like voices in your head, that's a whole other thing, uh, but rather your body is speaking to you through like a feedback loop. When you eat food, your body will feel a certain way. You have to get quiet and you have to listen and be in tune with your body to sense how it's feeling. But for example, if you eat food and you become very bloated, if you get stomach pains and cramps, if you all of a sudden have to rush off to the bathroom with diarrhea, or if you uh, get acid reflux, or if you get super bloated, or if you start breaking out in you know, rashes over time, like these are all signs from your body letting you know that something is wrong. So it's very, very important for us to pay attention to these things. And I mean, it can be very subtle too. It could be simply that after you eat a meal, you just feel very tired and lethargic, like you kind of want to take a, a, a nap. 
Uh, but then other times you can eat a meal and feel great. Like you could actually even go out for a, a light jog after, um, after a meal, which probably isn't ideal. You don't want to go running and doing crazy activity after eating a meal, but nonetheless, you could feel energized after eating the meal. So this is very important for us to be aware of. So I always say, listen to your body. Um, and then you want to really just ultimately see how you're feeling, right? Like, is this diet making you feel good overall? Are you uh, happy? Like, what's your mood like? Are you sleeping well? Uh, how does your skin look? Uh, how's your dental health, right? Are your teeth good? Um, or are they chipping and falling apart? Uh, do you your joints hurt? Or do they feel good, nice and lubricated? Do you have a healthy sex drive, right? Like, these are all different things that we can look at. And realistically, we don't even need to uh, go get any blood work done or anything to answer these questions. We just have to really tune in with our body. Of course, getting some blood work done is always a great idea because then that really gives you a good idea. Um, but nonetheless, these are really great things that you can just kind of keep a, a, a finger on the pulse on. So definitely, though, the most important one out of all of those is to listen to your body um, and just see what feedback you're getting from your body. Now, like I said, anytime you move away from the sad diet, it's going to be a good move in the right direction because there's really just no, really not a whole lot of benefit in the standard American diet. But I will say one thing, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, and that is do not become so attached to whatever diet you choose. Because if you become so attached to that diet down the road, if that diet no longer works for you, it's going to be really hard for you to step back analyze that and shift and alter and, you know, start including new foods or eliminating certain foods that work better for you or don't work very good for you, uh, very well for you. So some people, they get so attached to the diet that they're in, it becomes like their identity, which, you know, no real shame in that at all. But we also have to be open to changing and listening to the science that comes out and also listening to our body, right? Because if you do, uh, you know, fill in whatever, whatever kind of diet you want, fill in the blank, right? Uh, after eating a standard American diet for like 20 plus years, your body is probably going to feel amazing, regardless of what diet you choose. I really don't even care what the diet is. It's very likely that you're going to feel so much better, just because you got rid of all the processed foods and the sugar, and you know, all, all the bad stuff that they're putting in there. So that first diet might make you feel amazing for the first five or maybe even 10 years. But it could also be that at some point, that diet isn't exactly optimal for you. And there might be other things that are a little bit better for you. And that's where you start to fine tune it. So basically, don't become super attached to whatever diet it is that you choose to go down that path with. Um, it's really great to try out different diets and see which ones feel good to you and just kind of go from there. But really, the ultimate thing here is always paying attention to our bodies and tapping in with ourselves to understand what's working really, really good for us. So now let's get into conflicting advice. So why is it that there's conflicting advice? I kind of tapped on this a little bit earlier. But really, I think the conflicting advice really stems from a couple things, but the first one is just our bio individual individuality. <laughs> I hope that's even a word, the bio individuality. Um, but basically, every person is different. We have uh, different genetics, and you know, certain foods might work really well for me and not work well for others. And this can literally be down to even just the gut bacteria that I have compared to someone else, right? Like I might be really good at digesting certain things, but not others. 
And so this means that while there is some really great studies out there, these studies are not including you, right? Like these are including a general population and hopefully it's a robust uh, study so that it, it does get enough people in it to get a good idea. But nonetheless, like we have to test these things out for ourselves. So coffee, coffee, for example, for some people can be totally great and have some great benefits. And for other people, it might be really taxing on the body because you are stressed throughout your day. You're extremely stressed. And by drinking a cup of joe first thing in the morning before even having any wa uh, water, and it's like 20 minutes after waking up, um, that coffee might be a real big shock to your nervous system and spike the cortisol, attacks the adrenals, all that stuff where they're already stressed out because you just live a really stressed life. Whereas for other people, maybe the coffee doesn't affect them that way. It's a little bit lighter on their system. It just kind of helps them get through their day. And it's not something that is uh, really as harmful, right? So it really does come down to the individual and kind of your genetics and just what works best for you. So I think that is one area of conflicting health advice. But I also think that really we just don't know enough yet, right? We need to figure out more in terms of, you know, what truly are these health biomarkers? Like what, what are the things that we should be looking at to make sure, you know, we are living at our optimal uh, peak performance and, you know, doing the things that are really going to preserve us and give us a lot of longevity. So we really, I think, need a little bit more research in there and better understanding of it, as well as just more studies, honestly. I think... I, it, I mean, every study is a little chip away at the block, um, it, no matter how small it is. But I think the more studies that we can do, the more time that goes on, we're just going to start finding more and more out. The only thing is sometimes it can take a while for these studies to be published and then for them to eventually make their way into the public. So honestly, trying things out on yourself can sometimes be a really great way to do that. Um, of course, being very safe and not doing anything too crazy. Uh, but, you know, try out these different diets and see which ones work best for you. Try out, um, even if it's going vegan or carnivore or anything in between, um, you know, give those a try and see how they resonate with you and see how they feel with your body. Honestly, at the end of the day, that's probably going to be the best way to determine what it is that's best for you. Now, with all of that said, even though there is a ton of conflicting health advice out there, there are some general, like, statements that we can make that really, yeah, you could kind of hold them as truth. Of course, we shouldn't be too tied to anything because of course, science, new science can come out on anything. But it seems like from most, uh, you know, people from pretty much any diet can kind of agree on a lot of these statements. So let's first start off with what are four things that you should really either minimize or completely avoid altogether and a lot of these are found in the standard American diet, or at least the average person typically cons consumes these things. So the very first one is going to be uh, fast food and ultra processed foods. So if you're unfamiliar with processed foods, I mean, technically anything that you do to alter um, food is going to be processing it, like even cooking food is technically processing it. But when we say ultra processed food, that means it's been processed again and again and again, and again, and again, right? Like it's gone way far down the line. Like if you were to, for example, take like uh, caramel, for example, right? Like first off, you have to get sugar from a sugar cane. So right there, that's already a very big process to get sugar out of a sugar cane. 
But then on top of that, then you have to cook that sugar down. And then I think you add milk to it or something. I'm not really sure how to make caramel actually, but I know those are like the basic ingredients. So you're just really removing it further and further and further away from its original form to a point where it's actually hard to recognize what the ingredients are in that product. And it would be very difficult to find them in the wild, right? So we really want to avoid these foods and typically fast foods contain a lot of processed foods as well as um, just a lot of additives like preservatives and, you know, things that are really shouldn't actually be in our food. Like if you drop a French fry and it lands in between your seat in the center console and you find that thing a year later and there is zero mold on it, there's something wrong with that French fry. That thing should not be digested by your body. Um, it has some weird stuff going on. It is a Franken food and realistically food is meant to be broken down. Uh, whether it's in your body or by the earth and, uh, you know, used for other things. So, yeah, we really want to stay away from the fast foods and the processed or specifically ultra processed foods. Um, and then secondly, we want to also avoid added sugar. So this is not naturally occurring sugar that you would find in an apple or a mango, but rather added sugar like cane sugar that we add to all of our sports drinks and our Cokes and our pasta sauces and our breads, and basically every single thing. There is so much sugar in everything. In fact, uh, here in America, on the low end, which I think this is honestly like not even true, but um, they, they put it as low as 60 pounds of sugar, upwards of actually 155 pounds of sugar per person per year. So that is a ton of sugar consumed by just one person every single year. And, you know, as the research comes out, it just shows more and more that this added sugar is truly the culprit of so many health diseases out there that people are experiencing. So honestly, if you could avoid one thing, I would say really try to minimize the amount of sugar that you're consuming. Even if, you know, you go from 100 pounds of sugar down to 50, like that's a huge win. And hopefully we can get it even lower than that because, um, yeah, there's just no need to be consuming sugar at that level. In fact, sugar is a um, nutrient deficient food. There is literally like no nutrients in it. It's just basically calories. Um, so yeah, like we don't need it. There's other things that we can be eating that are much better. So uh, added sugar, definitely watch out for that one. Number three, fried foods. Um, there might be a few exceptions here that I would be okay with, but overall fried foods are pretty darn bad for you and they definitely wreak a lot of havoc in your gut. Um, I can definitely attest to that uh, for myself, but you know, anything from fried chicken, french fries, fried pickles, whatever the heck you want to fry, all of those things are not going to be good for you for a few reasons, but one of the big ones is the type of oil that they use typically in these establishments are not the best kind of oil. But then when you're heating these oils up to super, super high temperatures and you have it out there for a really long extended period of time, and then honestly, a lot of these establishments are not changing out the cooking oil as often as they should. So then you just get this oil that's sitting in there and just getting heated up and heated up and heated up day over day over day. And what you end up with is this super, super rancid oil that all of your food is being completely cooked in. Um, we really want to avoid that. That's terrible, terrible food for us. It is not something we should be consuming. 
Um, I would much rather you, you know, fry something at your house with some fresh oil. Um, but even still, that's not going to be good. Um, probably getting a little bit better would be something like an air fryer and then, um, just moving on from there. But overall, we want to really avoid the fried foods and don't get me wrong. Fried foods are delicious. Um, you know, you don't have to cut them out a hundred percent, but if you could minimize them, uh, that would definitely be a great idea. And then last but not least is going to be alcohol. So I know alcohol is obviously very enjoyable in the right setting, um, but honestly, it just really doesn't provide any health benefit. And of course, I know there's people out there who are like, no, no, but red wine has resveratrol in it and all these different things. I get it. I know that there are blue zones that consume, uh, you know, red wine and, and even alcohol. And if you don't know what a blue zone is, it's an area where there's a lot of people that live to 100 years and over. But nonetheless, from the research that I've seen, it just shows that alcohol really does more harm than it does good. Now, I will admit, I do have an occasional drink here and there, um, but it's pretty rare for me. And it's not that I'm holding back. I just, my lifestyle has adapted this way where I just typically don't really drink very much alcohol. But when I do drink alcohol, and it's usually in a pretty moderate amount, it's in the company of really good people. And, you know, I'm building good relationships with my friends, my family, my loved ones, just my community. And, if you're going to consume alcohol, I hope you're doing it in that manner as well, because truly community plays a huge role in our health and wellness. So if you're going to do it, hopefully it's in good company. But in general, it is definitely something that needs to be lowered, minimized, or if you want to eliminate it completely as well, you could do that and it would honestly be for the better. Uh, and then there's definitely much more that I could add here on the list, but I really just want to keep it pretty simple in today's episode. So we're going to stick with just those four. So that's fast or, uh, sorry, fast food or ultra processed food. That's added sugar, that's fried foods, and then that's alcohol. Now, in terms of what's actually healthy for you, <laughs> this is probably going to be more controversial than the things that I just mentioned. So uh, funny enough, it's like health is almost politicized these days, but um, it's really interesting. Anyways, what I'm going to mention right now is the things that I personally have found to be generally a healthy thing to consume. Um, and depending on your dietary preferences, you might agree or disagree with these. But overall, we are keeping these to whole foods, which I will go ahead and explain what a whole food is uh, after I explain what the, uh, the different things are that I would include as being healthy things for us to consume. So the very first one is going to be to eat vegetables and fruit. Okay, this is a good idea, right? Like pretty much just eating plants in general is a good idea. It's going to have fiber. It's going to have enzymes. It's going to have vitamins. It's going to have minerals. It's going to do very much likely more benefit for your body than it is going to do harm to your body. So highly, highly recommend that you do include some plants in your diet. Now, of course, there are going to be some people who will say, who will say well, hey, what about the plant toxins? What about like oxalates and um, lectins, like, you know, these things are pretty harmful for the body. And yeah, those that that might be absolutely true. But I really just want to keep this pretty baseline and just, you know, kind of cover whole foods here. If you are interested in looking into that a little bit more, you can look that up. It's lectins and oxalates. And you can find what foods have those. I know, for example, like kale and spinach are supposed to have oxalates. And I think um, like legumes like beans and uh, tomatoes are supposed to have lectins. Uh, but there are some preparation methods you can do to help minimize these. Um, but once again, I think this is kind of a topic for another podcast. So 
I'm going to leave that there and just mention that personally, I think plants are good for you to consume. And I definitely try to consume a healthy amount of them in my personal diet as well. Next thing, and this is actually a food that pretty much all diets will like nod and say, yeah, that, that, that's a good food to eat, which is a pretty good thing because people from different ends of the dieting spectrum here have a hard time agreeing on a lot of things. So um, when you find one that everyone agrees on, you, you pretty much know it's a good one. And that is fermented foods. So fermented foods are obviously, um, you know, they, they can be a little bit of a, they can be a little difficult for people to palate uh, for some, for some people. Personally, I love all kinds of fermented foods, everything from pickles to kimchi to sauerkraut uh, to kefir, which is a type of yogurt. Like these are all, in my opinion, super delicious. Of course, they have a little bit of a sour taste to them, but that is just from that fermentation. And what these things are doing is they're going to provide a lot of benefit to your gut, along with a lot of other benefit as well. But one of the really big things that we're focusing on, especially today, are like probiotics and prebiotics and gut health. And these are the OG, like pro prebiotic, um, you know, gut benefits. So including fermented foods is 100% something that you should be doing. And, um, you know, you don't need to consume a huge amount of them, but even just a little bit each day is a really good idea to, to have those in your, in your diet. And then the next thing is going to be, and once again, probably controversial for some people, but I believe that high quality meat is a good idea for you to consume, at least in some portion, right? It doesn't have to be a massive quantity, but at least some quantity, right? And when I'm talking about high quality meat, I mean meat that has been responsibly raised, right? Like not factory farmed meat, but responsibly raised meat with a diet that mimics its natural diet, right? So if it's a cow, then it is a grass-fed, grass-finished cow. So that's really high quality beef right there. It's also going to be things like bison. It's going to be things like wild-caught salmon or sardines. It's going to be um, you know, organic heritage chicken. It's also going to be, you know, foods that you could also hunt. Like if you ever go out hunting, so like venison or elk, like those are going to be excellent options as well. But really these high quality meats are, in my opinion, a really good addition to our, uh, to our diets and more specifically making sure we're also including organ meats because organ meats get passed up really easily here. Um, in the US, you know, some places do consume organ meats more than others. Uh, but typically people love to just go straight for the muscle meat, which is usually really delicious. But the organ meats do have a ton of benefit, things like heart, things like liver, especially liver, liver is a huge one. You know, these are going to be very beneficial, they're gonna have a ton of minerals, vitamins, and uh, provide a lot of benefit to your body. So personally, I believe including um, some high quality meat into your diet, is a good idea. Then you also have um, nuts, which some people debate on the nuts on which ones are good, which ones are bad. Um, if they're roasted and what are they roasted in, that can also be a kind of a bad thing. But overall, I think, you know, consuming things like raw cashews or having some macadamia nuts, macadamia nuts are actually one of the nuts most people agree on as being like a good food. It's safe. It's good to eat all that good stuff. Um, but, you know, I would much prefer to see someone grab a handful of almonds or cashews or macadamia nuts, as opposed to like a handful of potato chips, right? I think it's a much better option instead of, uh, you know, all the other <laughs> snacking foods that we have access to. 
Um, so those are pretty much the uh, main things that I would focus on as being, you know, generally considered healthy foods. Uh, of course, depending on your diet, if you're a vegan, you're not going to be consuming the meat. And if you're a carnivore, you're probably not going to be consuming very much of the plants that I mentioned. Um, but nonetheless, these are generally pretty good things to consume. And as a general rule of thumb, we want to stick to what I mentioned earlier as whole foods. And whole foods are basically the opposite of a processed food. It is usually a single ingredient. Maybe it has two or three ingredients maximum. And it's something that if you were to walk out into uh, the wild, into nature, you could very likely find them growing on a tree, grazing out on the grass, like things that you would typically come across in nature or you could trace it back very easily and know where it came from. Whereas, you know, you couldn't trace back where a uh, a gummy worm came from, right? It'd be very difficult. You don't ever see gummy worms crawling in soil or growing on trees, right? Those are uh, manufactured and made in a, uh, I don't know, laboratory or manufacturing processing plant, uh, something along those lines. So that would be a processed food and not a whole food. Whereas, you know, an apple, for example, would absolutely be a whole food. It's a single ingredient food. You can see where it came from. It came from a tree. Someone literally just picked it off of a tree and that is a whole food. It's very close to its source. So those are the general guidelines. Stick to the whole foods, stay away from the ultra processed foods. And um, yeah, those are, those are going to be some good guidelines to really stick to. Now, of course, there are other things that, you know, come together to make up our health and wellness, right? It's not just diet that makes us healthy beings, but rather there are many other components and aspects that come together to make us healthy. Uh, so I did want to include a couple quick honorable mentions. First one being sleep, second one community, number three exercise, and then number four outdoor time. Uh, I'll not going to take a super long period of time on this, but sleep is super important. Um, it's right up there with diet. If ever you were to, uh, you know, have three hours of sleep as opposed to eight hours of sleep, it would be very noticeable for you. It'd be something you'd feel probably the entire day and it would be hard for you to focus and function properly because sleep is literally that important. It heals every part of your body and is 100% very necessary for us to be healthy. So sleep, super important. Community. The reason I have community in here is because more and more we're finding studies, we're finding these blue zones as having community as a major piece of the puzzle when it comes to having a very long and healthy life. So I know it might not sound like it would be, you know, something we would include in a health topic here, but community is possibly one of the most important things actually for you to do for your health. Number three was exercise. Exercise and diet really just go hand in hand for me. Um, I think they're both so, so important. Um, exercise can do wonders for the body. And truthfully, your body demands and expects you to move. It is designed to move. And for you to sit in a chair all day long is really um, just criminal against your, a criminal act against your body because your body expects you to get up and to move and to do things uh, physically. So this whole two hours of physical activity per week um, definitely needs to be changed. And um, this can be some very simple things. It could be going out for a walk, going out for a run, going to the gym, yoga, um, you know, playing a sport. All of these things can be included in there. So um, exercise can be fun. doesn't have to be something that you dread. And it is something that our bodies demand and can quite literally heal you. And, um, you know, in some cases, even uh, like with Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace, I heard that 
Uh, he had really, you know, kind of high blood pressure and uh, cholesterol levels. And he even went on like statins and stuff. So he was on some medications. But then once he got really into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he started training super, super hard and apparently did not change the, you know, his eating habits at all. Uh, but just through the excessive uh, working out and training or not excessive, but just a lot of working out and training, he was actually able to get off of his medications because he had pretty much cured himself of, uh, of, his, of his ailments. So exercise, super, super important. And then last but not least is outdoor time. The reason I include outdoor time is because truthfully, we are a part of nature and we need to be immersed in it. And being that we have created this separation between us and nature where we spend honestly just a majority of our time indoors, I think is the culprit for a lot of uh, mental health issues as well as pretty much all kinds of health issues. Uh, so I think it's really important for us to get outside, get the sunlight on us, get some fresh air, get our feet connected to the earth and, you know, get our hands into the soil and uh, just get reconnected to earth. And, uh, you know, remember that we are a part of nature and that we uh, rely on it very, very heavily. So it's important for us to get connected to it. So those are going to be the honorable mentions. Um, I hope this was a beneficial episode for you. Um, I'll do a quick little recap here. So just in general, we have um, pretty much what I would consider a profoundly sick society. Um, you know, the average person is not super healthy. And so therefore, we should not try to compare ourselves to the people around us. Um, because by us stepping out of the box, it might make them feel uncomfortable. But ultimately, it is the right thing for us to do for our own health. Um, when it comes to a diet, you need to pick the one that resonates best with you and also makes you feel the best, right? So really pay attention to how you're feeling on these different uh, eating uh, habits and eating, you know, uh, different lifestyle choices here really pay attention to how you're feeling and just kind of go off of that. Don't become too attached to any one diet. Um, no matter how good it is for you and how well it works for you, it doesn't always mean that it's going to be the right diet for the next person. So don't become too dogmatic with it. And in terms of conflicting advice, we have a lot of conflicting advice because everyone is so uh, uh, unique and, and we're all individuals here and our bodies just work and function differently. And honestly, I think we just need more uh, testing and uh, more studies to come out to really narrow down what it is that works best for each individual person. And the things that we need to be avoiding or at least minimizing are fast foods, ultra processed foods, uh, sugar, added sugar specifically, fried foods, alcohol. Those are going to be the four things or actually there's five in there, but um, that we should be avoiding or minimizing. And then the healthy or generally regarded healthy things, I'll just basically say these are usually whole foods. So once again, single ingredient foods, things that you could typically find or trace very easily back to nature. These are going to be things like plants, fruits, vegetables. These are going to be uh, fermented foods. These are going to be really high quality meats, nuts, and basically, once again, whole foods, things that you could find in nature. And then real quickly, the honorable mentions, sleep, community, exercise, and outdoor time. So that is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found a lot of benefit in today's episode. It's been a pleasure providing this episode today and doing the research on it. I really, uh, I enjoyed this one and, and it's always fun for me to, uh, to reflect on my own health journey as well and just kind of see how far I've come. And uh, it's always, always a process, always a journey. Um, stay open, stay, stay flexible, you know, don't get, uh, don't get too tied down to any one belief in terms of 
of diets. I think it's a good thing for us to uh, remain open-minded with them. And just remember, science is always going to be updating and changing. So we need to be aware of that. And aside from that, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you're not already subscribed, please go ahead and do so and make sure that you don't miss any of these episodes. And please share this episode with anyone who needs to hear this or hear this show. You can literally send it straight from the uh, whatever platform it is that you're using to listen to this podcast on. So it's super simple. And uh, yeah, please leave a rating and a review. That'll also help people to find this show. I also love to just read all the ratings or the reviews, sorry. And uh, yeah, go ahead and check me out on YouTube. I try to post some of these videos on YouTube. uh, So feel free to go on there and subscribe as well. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at Elemental Evan. I'm pretty much Elemental Evan across the board. And uh, yeah, on there, I just, uh, I share a few little insights or things that I'm working on throughout the week. So feel, feel free to tap in with me on there. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can always reach out to me there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to do it. Feel free to check out the description, see any of the sponsors of the show. And uh, until next time, y'all, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and a beautiful rest of your week. And I will see you next Wednesday. Thank you all so much for tuning in. It truly means so much to me. And you know the motto of the show. It's do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements. Thank you all so much. I send all the love to you guys. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. Thank you.